Welcome to All the Books, the official podcast of the David A. Hale Public Library. Shoot, I didn't say what episode it was, though. It's episode 60, my friend. Oh, where's a little... I got them. Get them out. 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 Just throw me. Throw me one. Wait. All right. Hold on. Take it again. Welcome to the 60th episode. All right. Thanks. Sadly, we do not have our friend Pete Mangles here videotaping us. But if we did, let's do a let's do a look to the camera like we do. Great. Yeah. Okay. Listeners, we just looked at really the camera. Well. Yeah. That worked. If really you well, if you were so. watching, yeah, it would have looked great. If Pete was here and that was on high definition video, yeah, you would have loved it. So yeah, sixty uh, episodes, man. I know we did it. Think about it. Uh, okay. That's I don't know. Let's oh, we're done. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess we'll do this again in like 10 more episodes. We'll make yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Actually, 70 is annoying because we're going to be like, yeah, it's our 70th. Yeah. And then we're going to be like, it's our 75th. Yeah. I say we do a, a low, like we honor the 70th, but we really push hard for 75. Okay. Maybe sure. we can get Pete back to video. For the 75th? He's in demand, yeah. but yeah. I guess we'll see. Anyway, today right. is the 60th episode, so we're going to yeah. be traveling back in time with the help of Brando Sando and the Time Traveling Book yeah. to the uh, 1960s, a yeah. simpler time. We're going to be talking about the 60s. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. So Brando, Brando Sando, Sando, our uh, time-traveling computer. Right. And no, no. He's got a time-traveling book. The book. Yeah. Brando but he Sando, is a computer. He's a robot. Right. He's the robot. Yeah. Phillips and Elton are the yeah. leaders. Yeah. So. All right. <laughs> this is all the book's gold from yesteryear, <laughs> sure, folks. Right. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we'll go back in time to our own episodes. I know. I, yeah. I hope we don't actually go back to the 1860s, because then we run into Clint McGavin, Rooster, and all that, <laughs> okay. the whole gang. Unless, so. of course, he's a modern-day cowboy. Ridiculous. Lawyer. And the record Just, shows that. I don't know. It does. All right. We're the anyway. official podcast of the David A. Hell Public Library. We For talk better about or worse. book news, Here author news, and literary news. I'm yeah. Eric Mickles. And I'm Nick Gunning. Yeah. So let's get into it. Let's, let's get into it. bookmarks. Okay. Nick. Friend. Yes. Compatriot. Yes. Co-host. Yes. Uh, what have you been reading? Well, I'd love to tell you. Uh, first, l- let me do a little trio of graphic novels that I read. All right? Sure. Uh, first of all, I read Goliath by Tom Gauld. So Tom Gauld, who, uh, his recent graphics that came out, Moon Cop, which Moon we Cop. discussed at length, trying to figure out what age yeah. group it was for. Yeah. It's for uh, I loved Moon Cop. I also really enjoyed Goliath. All it's right. a, like a retelling of the biblical tale, but kind of sad, like from Goliath's standpoint. <laughs> it was really, sure. it was yeah. like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for Goliath. But it was very good. Simple art, very similar to Moon Cop. Really, really good. So hmm. if, you haven't, if you haven't read his stuff, I'd encourage you to check it out. Okay. I also read The Adventures of Supergirl. By Sterling Gates, based on the TV show. Sterling right. Gates, a classic Supergirl writer, coming back telling stories in the new TV universe. So that okay. was a lot of fun. I liked it better than I liked the show. Burn I to know. the new show. I know. Yeah. Uh, I read Wolverine, Enemy of the State. Yeah. Uh, this is new to our collection. It's uh, We have the full version of it. The very long, very popular Wolverine story. Mm-hmm. And uh, I liked it fine. Yeah, you gave it three stars. Three stars, yeah. In 2006. I think yeah. I gave it four or five stars. Wow. You know what? Okay. I think I gave... It four stars you because pro- I yeah. dislike the second half. You probably read it in two volumes. I read it in single issues. Whoa, you're as legit. it was coming out. You are too legit yeah. to quit, my friend. Thanks. Yeah. I don't know why you don't like it that much. No, I, I didn't say no. I. It's just not the kind of Wolverine story I tend to like. Here's what I liked. Okay. He fought the Fantastic Four. Okay. And what is my favorite Fantastic Four issue ever? I don't know. I think. Oh no, oh, that is you're my. Telling me. That's, okay. That's the best. Okay. I remember reading that thinking like, oh. This yep. is the best use of the Fantastic Four I've ever seen. Wolverine trying to kill them. Yeah. But, like, they they use their powers in a lot of cool ways. Yeah. And it's, they seem kind of, like, tough and cool. I, yeah, I'm with you. He fights Daredevil. Yeah. That's cool. He does. I know. Uh, he fights I the X-Men. Oh, I wanted to tell you. Okay. Uh, our listeners, you, listeners, you might not care about this, but in 2006, when Enemy of the State came out, uh, Wolverine, in about the halfway point, kills the X-Men North Star. Mm. He's a Canadian uh, mutant. He can go very fast. He's uh, 
He's been in the comics forever. In 2006, Wolverine kills him in the mm. regular Marvel Universe. Okay. The same month in the Age of Apocalypse sequel s- series they were doing, Northstar was killed. Then in Ultimate X-Men at the same month, Northstar was killed. And then in X-Men The End, being written by Chris Claremont at the time, guess what? Hmm. Northstar died. Oh, my gosh. It was a bad month that, to be Northstar. Yeah, boy, that is a whirlwind. So anyway, that's a whirlwind right there. That's it. So those are the graphics that I read. Okay. Uh, for books, Man. I finished two books that are so similar to each other. Really hard to tell them apart. Sure. Uh, Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Okay. And Alexander McCall Smith's Take on Emma. It's really, you know. It's <laughs> yeah. Just, when I think of one, I instantly yeah. think of the other. Emma so buries similar. her cat in uh, Old Indian. Native American burial ground. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're thinking of the right one. Uh, so here, here are my thoughts on these two books. Okay. First, Pet Cemetery. No, you haven't started yet, right? I haven't started. I got to okay. finish Frankenstein and then it's Pet Cemetery. I always find with Stephen King uh-huh. that I start the book and I'm really enjoying the book and I'm waiting for it to like twist. Uh-huh. I'm waiting for it to be like, and now the Stephen Kinginess comes out. Uh-huh. This book, I really was, uh, I was really into it and I kind of like didn't want the twist, the things to happen because <laughs> right. I was just enjoying the story. Uh-huh. You know? Um, and it, it stays like that for quite a while, and it yeah. really sort of delves down deep. And then, you know, the last maybe 100 pages or so, it's like... So I did enjoy it. It, okay. it, it twisted darker than I wanted it Scared to go. You? It, it was just sort of like... I think it's more disturbing than scary. It's uh, just like it makes you uneasy. Uh, it wasn't like giving me nightmares. It was just like... Blah. <laughs> okay. So I'm interested to hear what you uh, think. So, right. so that's you, your review of Emma. Yeah, that was Emma. <laughs> so are you reading that next? Yeah, as soon as I finish Frankenstein. That's the okay. next one I have. Uh, then Emma, which we're doing for our book club. Uh-huh. Now, as I, we mentioned last week, this is part of the Jane Austen Project where they're taking contemporary authors and rewriting... <laughs> the Jane Austen Project. Old, old uh, uh, similar to the Alan Parsons Project. Yeah, it's sure. really close. Yeah. Uh, I am the eye of the sky. <laughs> taking contemporary authors, redoing Jane Austen's works. <laughs> Alexander McCall Smith was chosen for Emma. Weird choice, I gotta mm-hmm. say, because as we covered thoroughly last week, he's got a very old-fashioned style. Oh. So for him to update something, it yeah. just it. I don't know why I didn't just it's read silly. the Jane Austen Emma. It yeah. just really didn't work. It didn't feel other than him throwing in buzzwords, mm-hmm. you know, of like modern things. Yeah, it really didn't feel like it was an update at all, and it did. It's not really suited to his style. Yeah, his style of sort of short, almost vignettes that make up a bigger whole. It, right. it just didn't lend itself right. right. So uh, I was not impressed with it, but I think that's maybe more a reflection just on it was a bad fit for him. You know what I mean? Versus like he did a terrible job. I think it just was never going to work. So that's that's what I think. We'll see what uh, the book club has to say about it. But okay. I think they'll agree with me. All right. Well, where do we go from here? Uh, well, I'll Now that what, all the children have... What, Gone away. They've gone away. Yeah. Is that Alan Parsons? It is. Awesome. (laughs) Context clues, man. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Currently, for graphic novels, I'm reading Vader Down. Sweet. You enjoyed? Yeah, I just. I could. We'll talk more after you read it. Okay. I could have used more Vader destroying everybody who's on the planet with him. More Vader. But he does. He does destroy quite a bit. Okay. And uh, Afra and her droids get some pretty good moments in that. Okay. Nice. Um, Now the book title that I'm reading now. I know how you're going to hear it. So I want you to just pay attention real close okay. and hear what I actually say. Okay. Don't jump to the obvious conclusion, but right. listen very close. Okay. I'm reading a book called The Racketeer. Starring uh, Jennifer Connelly no. and Timothy Dalton? No, 
No, that's the Rocketeer. You're right. going in the wrong direction. Okay. This is the Racketeer. Right. No rockets involved. Rackets okay. are involved. All right. So here's a here's a dictionary definition. Racketeer, one who obtains money illegally as by fraud, right. extortion, etc. And then the Rocketeer comes in no, and knocks no, him out. No. It no. says, hey, not in my town. Billy Campbell and Timothy Dalton are nowhere near this book. Huh. So it's not that. Okay. It isn't that. Mm-hmm. You're saying that, but I feel like, just say it back to me. Rocketeer. No. Okay. No. no. So nowhere in this book is somebody putting on a jetpack, wearing a cool like helmet okay. with insect eyes, yeah. and flying up to a uh, Zephyr to fight Timothy Dalton, I'll, I'll and then removing removing the chewing oh, gum. The chewing gum, classic. Yeah, classic. Yeah. All all signs point to no, but in fairness, I'm only on page 113, <laughs> all right. so all right. it could twist. So it, after this, you're reading the Shadow. No, because it's not a different. It's a different the Shadow thing. and the Phantom. It's, no, the, the trilogy of the '90s. I don't like this. <laughs> anyway, I'm reading right. John Grisham's The Racketeer. Knockout Evil. Nope. No, nope. <laughs> that's the theme from. I picked this up at the Wide Awake Club book sale. Isn't this a movie? Which you missed it. It's over. The Wide Awake book sale. Yeah, I did it's over miss now. It. You're right. But uh, I did get this there, and I picked it up, and I'm really into it. I really like John it. John Grisham. Very, I very much like it. No, this, this no, isn't a movie. Not, it's not a movie. No. Okay. And it's weird. I somehow like missed this book. Like I read hmm. all of the books around it, uh, and somehow missed this one. So do you know? I picked it up. They're really doing it. They're remaking, or they're not remaking it. They're making a sequel to the Rocketeer. No, the Rocketeer. The Rocketeer. Yeah. About embezzling money. No, an African-American woman is going to find, is going to become like the new Rocketeer, but I think it's like set in the same universe as the first movie, no, so I what, think it's like a sequel. What does that have to do with illegally obtaining money through the law? I think she's going to stop people who are doing that. Okay. So it's about embezzling and such. Yeah, it's going to be called the Rocketeer versus the Racketeer. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so. All right. Boy, Billy, Billy Campbell better call his agent. Yeah. Right Put now. me in that movie, please. <laughs> I'll do anything. <laughs> So that's it for my bookmark, buddy. Where are you at? Uh, I'm reading Frankenstein by Aaron Eckhart. Just kidding. No. That's I, Frankenstein. Yeah. And it was a movie that nobody saw. Yeah. I'm reading Frankenstein by Odd Thomas. I can't... Nope. No. What's his name? Dean Koontz. Dean Koontz. Yep. This is for our Page Turner's book club. Yeah. Jessica, so. staff member Jessica here, big fan of this series. Yeah. She's so committed yeah. that she's going back and rereading the whole Ooh. series yeah. for our book club. Yeah. Crazy. If you were doing I mean, a, you know, uh, if you were doing a Jurassic Park book club, yeah, I would. Re- I you would, would reread read it, it right now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I take it out, reread it. Yeah. Be great. Have you read it more than once? Yeah. Huh. The first book. I've read it a few times. Okay. I've read The Lost World a few times. I've read very few books more than once. Well, this I read them first when I was like in fifth grade, mm. and then when you're a teenage, like when you're younger, I yeah. feel like you reread Simpler books times. a lot more. Simpler I read m- multiple animal. I read like the first twenty-five animorph books. Yeah. Multiple times. <sighs> Somewhere, K.A. Applegate's dropping a single yeah. tear. I read the first we, book like three or four times. We still have basically the entire Animorphs collection yeah. in our juvenile series section. Yeah. So I also have the complete collection. I know. I have yeah. the Alternomorphs. Yeah. That was the one where you would read it, and you'd be like, if you want to turn into a cheetah, oh, go boy. to page seven. Oh, and you want to turn into a turtle. All over page yeah, seven. sometimes I pick the cheetah, and guess what? what? You get shot. Oh, cheetah no. wasn't the right animal to morph really? into. Yeah, wow. sometimes it was the uh, turtle. Okay. It was fun. There were two of them. Hmm. I got the book. That's anyway, pretty good. Uh, so yeah, Frankenstein. It's good so far. I'm not that far into it. Uh, kind of gross. A little okay. bit. Oh, yeah. All right. And I read um, what is this? Invincible Iron Man Volume Two: The War Machines by Ryan Michael ah, Bendis. I liked okay. it even less La- than oh, the first one. No. Have you not, read this one? The no, sequel? no. But yeah. it's not where I wanted you to go. Uh, sorry. Well, here's the thing. The art uh, is by an artist that I really enjoy most. Of- the time, but okay. I did not like his art this not time. It was very dead, and I didn't like okay. the illustration of Tony Stark. He looked like a fool. Um, I don't. <laughs> the The humor's not working for me. It's very the 
the take on Tony Stark isn't it's too Peter Parkery in its humor. Like okay. It's too funny. Ah, uh, I see. Like it's too jokey. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like reading uh uh comic books where everything's being treated as just kind of funny and a joke and there isn't anything of weight okay. to it. And that's how I feel the Iron Man ones are. All right. Okay. What are you doing? Right now? Yeah. I'm looking up a literary award. <gasps> did I win? Maybe. Did you win? I can't tell what you did yet. What you write? I can't tell okay. you yet. Uh, I got a Walking Dead. I wanted to show you what I'm going to be reading. Oh, I had to yes. bring it. Yeah, so I got this, this Punisher comic. Okay. It's called The Punisher Circle Blood. Yes. Came out, uh, looks like the last issue came out in 1986. Okay. The graphic novel came out in 1988. Wow. I want to show you the cover of the graphic novel. So okay. The Punisher Circle this Blood. This is Punisher. Probably okay. considered to be like one of the best Punisher stories ever. Okay. Look at this cover. Oh my gosh. Right? Wow. So that is a pretty hideous color. It is. Yeah, it's, like, it's not good. It kind of looks like a computerized uh, Punisher drawn by somebody. Yeah. As illustrated. Yeah. And then I think that's his villain Jigsaw, who's gone through like a pane of glass or a wood chipper or something. But like, look at the, his mouth is so giant, the, yeah. the villain in the background. Yeah. And then it looks like the Punisher shooting the gun, like, is the mouth. Yeah. It's just... And that woman looks super pregnant. Yeah, she does. But I don't think she's is. She does. No, that would change things Anyways, dramatically. This is uh, that's what I'm going to be reading now. This okay. is uh, it's supposed to be like one of the best uh, comics. Okay. Out there, like a really good run. All right. So, anyways, that's it. Let's All get right. to you. Me? Yeah. What do you want to talk about? We're on uh, book news. Oh, okay. Well, let me tell you about some things. Maybe that we you have... should do your homework before I hit record. Let me tell you <laughs> some things we have coming out uh, down the road here. Yeah. We've got. Coming out from uh, your favorite and mine, James Patterson, <laughs> but just James Patterson in a, in a huge twist. I don't believe it. Cross the line. Alex Cross number 24. Isn't that a song? No, Hold the Line. Walk the Line, also a, yeah. a song. Uh, shots ring out in the early morning hours in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. When the smoke clears, a prominent police official lies dead, leaving the city's police force scrambling for answers. Alex Cross chases a cold-blooded killer with a conscience. So, think he, about that. Alex Cross has the conscience? Maybe. Okay. Uh, that's coming out November 3rd. So, I'm I'm not up to book 24 in this series, so I'm not going to be able to check this out with the rest of you. Right. But uh, I do still enjoy this series. I'm 10 mm -hmm. books in. I'm still liking it. Tyler uh, Perry is. What? Alex Cross. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're making a sequel to that. Oh, They okay. made two with, um, what's his name? Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah. Morgan Freeman, a.k.a. what's his name? Kiss the Girls and... Uh, Along Came a Spider. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen either of those either. Yeah, the sequel's really good. Doc Ock and him have like a big fight on the train. No, different. You think it's something totally different. Okay. All right. Prince Lestat and the Realms of Atlantis. Ugh. This is book number 12 in Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles. Is this the same like uh, Along Came a Vampire? No, that's not what it's called. Along the Vampire Diaries. What's it called? I don't... The, the Interview with a Vampire? Interview with a Vampire. Yes, this is like... Yes. So that was like the first book. That is and book this... one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So we're still still going strong. Along came years. a vampire. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Morgan Freeman is yeah, Lestat. Sucked the blood out. At the novel center, the vampire Lestat de Lincourt, hero, leader, inspirer, irresistible force, irrepressible spirit, battling and ultimately reconciling with a strange otherworldly form that has somehow taken possession of Lestat's undead body and soul. Mm. The ancient and mysterious power and other earthly spirit of vampire lore has all the force, history, and insidious reach of the unknowable universe and these are sexy books this coincidentally are they well the movie is like very sexy oh 
Wow, okay, maybe. I didn't know. Oh, I'm I've sorry. You cast Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt in a vampire film and you don't think it's sexy? <laughs> Oddly <laughs> enough, this does not come out before Halloween. But you can check this out November 29th. For, just in uh, time for Christmas. Yeah, you just lay right. back after Thanksgiving and read yeah. this Anne Rice vampire yeah. book. Oh, that turkey was great. Uh, now to my vampire erotica. One you may be interested in, my old friend. Arcanum Unbounded, the Cosmere Collection by... Brandon Sanderson. Brandon Sanderson. Fiction from the worlds of the Cosmere, including yeah. an all-new Stormlight novella and a Mistborn novella never before in print. So, basically, Brandon Sanderson has stated before that all his books, though taking place in different universes, mm-hmm. are still part of like this Cosmo kind of thing. And I okay. don't know if that means like space or alternate dimension. Right. But they're somehow connected in a way that I actually don't care about. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right. That's how it is. All right. It's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, they're connected. If you look for it, I'm like, I'm not going to look for it then. <laughs> like, just tell me they're connected and show it or don't. Like, <laughs> I don't know. All right. But at least he's, like, right now, he's saying they're connected and then, like, doing some stuff about that instead of, like, retiring from writing, like, oh, yeah, and uh, did you know Miss Bourne was connected to the Kingkiller series, you know? <laughs> I'm not little... saying that's, like, a certain author yeah. who we tease I, every now and Yeah, then. but maybe. Yeah. maybe it's but did similar. you know the uh, Weasley twins were actually secret Nazis? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, it, just, it was just announced yesterday. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Still, still coming strong. <laughs> All right, now from large print, uh, and these are coming out uh, later in the year here, we have an Amish family Christmas. Did you know Hermione can whistle with three fingers? <laughs> That's in an Amish family Christmas? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> What's happening over there? I was trying to whistle with three fingers, but oh, I can't. Oh, okay. I can't, I can't right. whistle with uh, two fingers. Yeah. You know how people do that? Like, no, I don't. I can't do it. All right. In Shelley Shepard's gray fourth book in her charmed Shelley Amish Shepherd. life series, an unlikely Amish romance reveals that Christmas is a time for family, miracles, and... and no. Oh. Love. Oh, yeah, the last one was love. Okay, uh, so you can that'll we'll be have that <laughs> we'll have that later this month in large print. Uh, the Wild Rider by Max McCoy. Have you read anything by Max McCoy? Yeah, have you? No, I'm asking because he he wrote all of those uh, Indiana Jones books. Oh no, I have 90s. not. He's never read any of those. I take it then you've read a lot of McCoy. I've read a couple of those books. Yeah, and they started strong and got bad. But yeah. he also writes westerns, and I think he's probably more known for westerns. Mm-hmm. So we have the Wild Rider sequel to the Sixth Rider. They came of age in a lawless land, former cowboys and wage earners who'd found another way of life. Now they were the most famous outlaws in the West. The wild bunch led by gentleman Bill Doolin and sparked by the nerve of Sam Dalton known as the Choctaw Kid. The wild Mm. bunch held up banks and trains across the territories in Kansas, but the boys lived by their own code, proud that they'd never killed during a robbery. No bank clerk, train crew member, lawman, nor bystander. Oh, boy. Yeah, so that's for you, Eric. I'm going to put that on hold for you. Thanks. That's what we got coming out. All right. We got a lot... Uh, being released okay this week anything October eleventh can you tell me you tell me okay oh hey I left my uh, Facebook open better close that that's distracting Bridget Jones Baby the Diaries by Helen Fielding that was a weird the Diaries that okay it's just called the Diaries weird yeah okay. uh, did you ever see the movie no did you ever see the sequel I haven't seen any of them did you see the new one that was just released no Bridget Jones Baby no uh, okay. Well, moving on. Okay. Hag Seed. Oh. Who is that? That's you. Oh. That's, that's your new nickname. Is that a... Um, Hag Seed. Is that Margaret Atwood? It is Margaret Atwood. Good job. Thank you. It is uh, William Shakespeare's The Tempest, retold oh. by Margaret Atwood. Oh, boy. So, okay. there you go. 
uh, I, I read The Tempest. I didn't get it. But I don't get any, <laughs> like, Shakespeare when I read it. Okay. So, that's all. Have you all read right. The Tempest? I don't think so. Have you listened to Tempest by Bob Dylan? No. Okay. No, I uh, Homeward that. Bound, yep. The Life of Paul Simon. Oh. Peter Ams Carlin. Do you know who Peter Ams Carlin is? I know who Paul Simon is, if that helps. Okay. Uh, Simon has also lived one of the most vibrant lives in modern times. Uh, re- re- ooh, replete with tales of Carrie Fisher, Leonard Bernstein, uh. Bob Dylan, Woody Allen, Shelley Duvall, Nelson Mandela, drugs, depression, marriage, divorce, and more. So, uh, you going to read this? No. Really? I thought you liked Paul Simon. I like Paul Simon. I don't know if I like him enough to read a book. Are you going to read the Bruce Springsteen book? Born Maybe. Run? Maybe. But you don't like Springsteen. Yeah, but I'm interested in it. All right. Hungry Heart, Adventures in Life, Love, and Writing by Jennifer Weiner. Is that not her name? It is. Oh, okay. (laughs) I saw it. I'm like, I don't know if I'm supposed to pronounce that. Maybe Weiner. I'm not sure. Weiner. Yeah, all right. (laughs) Then Hungry Heart. I'm sure she probably tells people. By Adventures in Life, Love, and Writing by Jennifer Weiner. Okay. So, but we all know it's Jennifer Weiner. Right. Uh, So this is a nonfiction book by the writer. Okay. What does she, she writes, what kind of books? Like beach books. Yeah. People on the beach. Yeah, that's usually what I associate her with. Okay. People in like striped swimsuits. Yeah. Order to Kill, a Mitch Rapp novel by Vince Flynn and Kyle Mills. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about this one. Yeah. Why? Well, because it's gonna the series <laughs> is gonna cross over with Alex Cross, James Patterson. Oh, not this one. Nice. I think the one after this one cool. crosses over with it. Yeah. yeah. Do you think uh, maybe like Vince Flynn writes the Mitch Rap dialogue, and then yeah. James Patterson does the Alex yeah, Cross he dialogue? Does, yeah, and then Vince Vaughn helps. Yeah. fills it out. It's just back and forth via Facebook Messenger. Yeah. <laughs> Something. No, very... no, no, no. It's AOL Instant Messenger. Uh... <laughs> Aim. Yeah. There we go. Aim quick, buddy. Yeah. Even. ASL. Yeah. That stood for age, sex, and location. Oh, okay. That was a big chat room question really? back in the early 2000s. I was never in, in chat rooms. I didn't really do that. Yeah. Well, I was just... Tr- I like, talked to my friends Yeah. Instant Messenger. Okay. Uh, something Buried, Something Blue, A Lilydale Mystery by Wendy Corsi Staub. Oh, sure. Staub. Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else have we got here? Small Great Things, a novel by Jodi Picoult. Mm. Of Wonder Woman fame. Yeah, that's how it comes to you. It's popular. You ever read a Jodie Picoult that isn't Wonder Woman? Just Wonder Woman. Okay. No. Uh, order to... Ki- I've already read this one, Amazon. Oh, boy. Oh, I just closed it. Well, uh, Star Wars Ahsoka is coming out. Mm. I can't tell if it's a book or a graphic novel. I think it's, it's a, book. a book. It's a book, yeah. I can't tell you who it's by because I closed it. Yeah, we'll get, we'll have it. Okay, it's, cool. Yeah, it's been ordered. Uh, Crimson Death by Laurel K. Hamilton. Oh, look out. This is her 25th adventure. Vampire hunter and necromancer Anita Blake learns that evil is in the eye of the beholder. Hold on. Do you know that she wrote one of my favorite Star Trek books? Really? I didn't realize that it was her until like I finished it. It was like, Laurel K. Hamilton, isn't that? And it is. She wrote one Star Trek book, and it was super good. Huh. Well, some say love is a great motivator, but hatred gets the job done, too. I bet and when does. Anita joins forces with her friend Edward to stop the carnage, Damien will be at their side, even if that means traveling back to the land where all the nightmares spring from, a place that couldn't be less welcoming to a vampire, an assassin, and a necromancer. Mm-hmm. You want to know what that place is? Where? Ireland. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Twist. Okay. Yeah, it is uh, a twist. Let's see. Precious and Grace. Number one, Ladies Detective Agency, number 17. Mm-hmm. By Alexander McCall Smith. Yeah. I've heard of him. Is he coming to the library? He sure is. When? Uh, he's coming October 20th 
you can come to the talk and he's going to do a reading of probably this book and he's going to take questions from the audience Ooh. which is pretty cool yeah uh, and then afterwards you can stay for a ticketed reception which is 35 dollars. Uh-huh. you can meet him you can get yeah. your book signed yeah. you can get live music yeah. you can get hors d'oeuvres kiss the, the ring on his left hand kiss the ring on his left hand sure yeah. <laughs> yep yep all right let's see uh, any more fiction before we get to... I got to tell you, we I, I read the first number one ladies detective agency, and I was fine with it. But it didn't, like, it didn't encourage me to... Read 17. To do them. more, yeah. But uh, last week, uh, on October 7th, for those of you who are listening to this at a weird time, mm-hmm. uh, we had Kathy Freytag from Houghton College come and do a presentation on his work, specifically the number one ladies detective agency. Sure. And it kind of made me want to read more. Ooh. She did a really good job. So first of all, thank you, Kathy, for uh-huh. doing that. Uh, thanks to those of you who came for that. And I might check out Precious and Grace. Nice. We'll see. All right. Um, I got some non, more nonfiction here. There's okay. a couple. So we talked about Paul Simon. Yep. Uh, you got A Life Well Played, My Stories by Arnold Palmer. Okay. I, I guess, oh, I guess he's a golfer. Yeah, if you mix that book with uh, iced tea, it's really good. Okay. Uh, here's, here's a biography I think you're going to read. Okay. Uh, I am Brian Wilson. Who, a memoir. No, who, who is that? Uh, he's in the monkeys. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. The British one. Yeah. He passed away and oh, they've boy. used some of his, uh, unrecorded songs in for the, their new uh, album. Good times. Okay. All right. Wow. Yeah. Oh wait, Brian Wilson from the beach boys. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, he was just in Buffalo. Why? He's doing a tour <laughs> of, um, it's Pet Sound's 50th anniversary. Oh. And he's like playing the whole album. Live. Okay. So he was just in Buffalo. At UB. Like DJing it? Like yeah. he puts the CD he's in like, he's like, you all you right guys are this? really going to love this one. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to read this? Yeah. I just read the Mike Love bio, so I'll probably give it some time, because it's basically the same story. Okay, that's true. Uh, he's a co-founder member of the Beach Boys. Yeah. So, yeah. Brian Wilson is your favorite Beach Boy. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he and Mike Love, it's a tie. I and mean, Mike does yeah. most of the singing. Oh. Brian does the more, like, elaborate studio stuff. Okay. So. Here's, uh, you never read these kind of books, but I always uh, bring them up because of you. Rude. The General versus the President, MacArthur versus mm. Ann Truman at the Brink of Nuclear War by H.W. Brands. You know what I do want to read is that uh, Ulysses S. Grant bio that just came out. Oh. That's got a lot of good praise. Okay. We have it in our collection. I think it's checked out now, but okay. I do plan to read that. So you don't want to, you're not going to read The General versus the President? Probably not. Okay. But you are going to read that other one. I think so. Filthy Rich, a powerful billionaire, the sex scandal that undid him, and all the justice that money <laughs> Wait, can buy. The who are we shocking true about? story of Jeffrey uh, Epstein oh. by... James Patterson. What? Yeah, by James Patterson, John Connolly, oh, he's and out of control. Tim Malloy. Out of control, Jimmy. So Dean. now he's now Patterson is also writing. Man, next week another collection of uh, bookshots. Bookshots wow. coming out. So okay. Uh, let's see. Now I've got James Patterson is actually developing a new style of storytelling. It comes in a small capsule, and you just swallow it. Yeah. And and that's it. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. the whole story. <laughs> okay. Uh, some YA, The Midnight Star. This is a young elite's novel by Mar- Marie Lu, who wrote uh, Legendary and those types of books. Okay. Uh, this is the sequel to The Rose Society. So, Hey, what's the trend right now? For young adult? Yeah, we had someone in this morning asking about vampire books, and it just made me think, like, that was huge, and now it's sort of like... No, it's not vampire. No, now. I know it's petered out, but I just wondered what the, right what now, the new thing was. Right um, now, if I had to judge just from what's coming out instead of, like, what's checking out, yeah. it's uh, retellings and uh different viewpoint tellings of old fairy tales oh i think like the cinder effect is now have taken hold because we've been there's been just lots of uh like this is the story of the red queen this is the story of uh captain hook this Mm. is so it seems like the villain side of the story from those 
co- okay. kind of things. Descendants, the Disney. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Maybe that was the thing that yeah, started. I don't know. Um, oh, Once Upon yeah. a Time on ABC has been pretty popular too. Yeah. Um, I mean, that seems what it is. And then just your regular. It seems like a lot of like original fantasy is also uh, happening. Um, okay. A Torch Against the Night, um, The Midnight Star, like I said, The Frost Like Night. That, those series, a lot of that kind of stuff. Have you read any of the fairy tale ones that you recommend? Yeah, Cinder. Yeah, I like Cinder. I haven't read the other stuff. There might That's be good. a few. Uh, Are you going to finish the Cinder series? Yeah, Luna I've read Chronicles, the second one. Luna Chronicles. Yeah. I got two more to go. Cool. Uh, was the second one any good? Yeah, second one was great. Okay. I like it. Scarlet. I was, Scarlet I was, was on the, the fence one. about whether or not I was going to read it. No, I liked it. And then I, so much time has passed. Uh, the Big Bad Wolf's in it. Oh wow! Little Red Riding Hood. Look out! No, it's all it's all changed okay. as you would know. I, I uh, Black Widow, Red Vengeance. This is uh, the sequel to the Black Widow young adult novel that oh. I didn't know existed until we saw it at Kmart, I think, or Walmart, and <laughs> yeah. we're like, we gotta get this, and when it has is, checked out. Is so, that out? Uh, yeah, it comes out October 11th. The sequel. You oh, read the first oh. one, right? No, I haven't. Oh. I, I picked up a copy. All right, we got a, a young adult graphic novel called Flying Couch. It's a graphic memoir about a. Uh, girl and her mom and her grandmother uh, in their Jewish heritage. Mm. So this is by Amy Kurzweil. When, Kurzweil. when did the next uh, Archie, when does that come out? Archie Volume 2 comes out December 20th. December. Sorry, man. And then last one. Have you ever read this series? It's the 60th volume, Case Closed, Ground for Murder. This is a manga series. Oh, uh, I, no, I haven't. Man. I know what you mean, but I okay. haven't. I haven't this, is, this is a series that has been going on forever. It, I mean, the 60th yeah. volume of manga, that's a long, that's a long haul. Yeah. Uh, it's about a boy detective who gets shrunk to be like a little kid. Yeah. He's got big glasses and little khaki shorts. Yeah. It's, it's funny. <laughs> so my wife watched it and she read it. I think she liked it. Okay. So, but 60 volumes. So get to it. Mm. All right. Let's move on. Okay. That was it. For right. book news. Oh, okay. Well, so. before we dive into the New York Times. Anything you're going to read? Out of that list? Yeah. Uh... I mean, I want to read I Am Brian Wilson. Right. Uh, that's probably about it. That's out it. Of there. And I think I'll probably read Precious and Grace. Really? Paul Smith. Yeah. So you're going to skip the yeah. 15 in between. Yeah, I don't really think it's, uh, I don't think it's really, I think you can do uh, that. I think that's fine. Probably a good call. No, no. It, uh, it goes I, against my right. grain to do that. But. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk for a minute about the National Book Award. Shoot. Uh, what? I wanted to talk about Civilization. Ah. Not, not the concept, but the game. Oh, the game. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll get well, to it. Go back to one of those chat rooms we were talking about because that would <laughs> kill. Yeah, it would. Uh, uh, most of my Civ knowledge now comes from forums, Nick. Oh, okay. Forums is the new chat right. room. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I don't. I, I don't. We're not friends on MySpace, so I haven't been able to <laughs> oh, follow up with what you've got there. Yeah. Uh, as you recall, last live year, about this time, <laughs> we had uh, a National Book winner here in the David A. Howe Library in Joyce Carol Oates. Won the sure. National Book Award for mm. them. Yeah. Was also nominated for a Pulitzer last year. Uh, the National Book Award this year <gasps> comes out November 16th, uh-huh. but the finalists have been listed. So I want to give you some time, folks, to read any of these if you're curious. Okay. And we'll talk more about this in November yeah. when the uh, awards are announced. But sure. here are the finalists. Uh, by Chris Bachelder, The Throwback Special, published mm. by W.W. Norton and Company. Okay. By Paulette Giles, News of the World, Ooh. published by William Morrow, Ugh. HarperCollins Publishers. Karen Mahallon's The Association of Small Bombs by Viking Books, Penguin Random House. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colson Whitehead's The Underground Railroad by yeah, Doubleday, yeah, Penguin that. Random House. Look I did, you. yeah. Uh, Jacqueline Woodson's Another Brooklyn, published by Amistad HarperCollins. Mm-hmm. So the, the awards will be listed in uh, okay. November 16th. 
So you've got that much time to pick up any of these if you want. Right. Uh, the Association of Small Bombs looks good to me. So I know I'm try to, probably try to read that you one. didn't like Underground Railroad. Do you yeah. think it could win? No. Okay. I don't think so. All right. I, I, some of the other staff have read it. We were just discussing it this morning, actually. And I think the consensus was like, it was fine. Okay. And I'm a little puzzled about why it's... I mean, I'm, yeah. I mean, there must be something to it that keeps yeah. like bringing it to the top. But no, I don't see it winning. All right. Well... Is that it? Yes. That's All right. It. So let's talk. Well, no. We. Oh, good. You remembered because I had forgotten. I was ready to go straight into the segment. Mm. But you remembered, man. I sure did. New York Times bestsellers list. Let's do Number it. Number 10. Uh, the best hardcover nonfiction right now, though, Bruce Springsteen. Born to Run, yeah. his biography, is the number one. Yeah, which we have that and the companion CD here in the library, so oh, check yeah. it out. All right, so the top uh, top 10, the New York Times uh, bestsellers list, 10 for hard co- hardcover fiction. We got number 10, The Kept Woman by Karen Slaughter. Yeah. Yep. Uh, number nine, Pirate by Clive Cussler and Robin uh, Bissell. Hanging in there. Number eight, A Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Towles. Tolls. <laughs> I'd like a more towels, please. <laughs> I'll no, be right with you, sir. <laughs> number seven, new this week, Christmas Caramel Murder. Fluke? It's Caramel. Joanne Fluke? Yes, by Joanne Fluke. Would you, caramel or Caramel? I'm looking at it. I and always it's say caramel, caramel, but. All right. I feel like Caramel is like the sexy way to say it. Caramel. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Nick, please, we're trying so, to keep I'm this sorry, uh, you're right. clean. No, you're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, number six, Razor Girl. By Carl Hyacin. Oh, I've heard some good reviews on that. Have you? Some, yeah, some of our patrons read it. Yeah. Uh, he hadn't published it in a little while. I published some YA novels most mm-hmm. recently, and they were very excited about this and reported right. uh, that they enjoyed it. Okay, so this is number five. It's been on this uh, for 11. However, it has an asterisk saying that means that number five and number four sold the same amount this week, Okay, basically. But number five, The Woman in Cabin 10 by Ruth Ware, <laughs> a travel writer on a cruise. is certain she heard a body thrown overboard, but no huh. one believes her. Do you believe her? Believe her that a body was thrown overboard? Yeah. Where was she? In her cabin? Yeah. yeah. Cabin 10. What did it sound like? Just like a splash? Yeah. No, I don't. It's just I, a bunch of water. I don't know. You can't believe her. I'm inclined to believe her. Because it sounded like a splash? She knows splashes. She's a travel writer. She's traveling all the time. Okay, so she knows the sound. Oh, she can't tell a body the... sound versus... A... You know what? No, I'm not even going <laughs> to okay. do this. Yeah. Hopefully there's no marine life just swimming around oh, yeah. making sounds yeah. as well. Hopefully not. <laughs> okay. Jeez. Sorry. Number four, as I said, sold the same amount as Woman in Cabin 10. Uh, been on this for nine weeks. The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. Colson Whitehead. Yeah. I guess uh, one thing that that has going for it in the race for the National Book Award is that uh, it's been a bestseller. Yeah. It's probably the most widely read That's true. of those. So I None of those that, other books are on this list. I suppose that could play in its favor, but it often yeah. doesn't. Like, yeah. Popularity doesn't necessarily decide that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, just ask the Oscars. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, number three. Three weeks on the list. How appropriate. Uh, Commonwealth by Anne Patchett. Yes. Why is that appropriate? Because it's number three. Oh. It's been on the list for three years. I see. And it's the third book in the Everything's coming Patchett up threes. trilogy. Do you think we're in the no, Star Trek Next Generation episode, Cause and Effect? I don't think so. Is Kelsey Grammer anyway? Okay, I, don't, I don't see him anywhere. <laughs> All right. Uh, number two. No. Two weeks on the list. What? <laughs> Get out. Home by Harlan Coben. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number one. New this week. Ooh. I'm excited. Woman of God by James Patterson and uh, Maxine Pietro. Yes. The story of a woman doctor. Yeah. It's funny because it says story of a woman. Woman's in parentheses. So. 
<laughs> Doctor Who, after a life of service and suffering, becomes a Catholic priest. Yeah. Oh. Doesn't yeah. she become the Pope? I think that's the plot. Isn't that the story? She's a, yeah. she's the woman Pope. Yeah, it's marketed more towards the Pope yeah. things. I'm surprised. Pope woman? That, but... What do you call her? As a superhero? Pope woman? Or you just call... As a po- superhero. No, just calling her Pope is the new thing to say. You yeah, don't... just say Pope. Yeah. You don't have to say. Yeah. So it's just spider. Yeah, like now. Like the, the what what do you call a woman pope? A pope, you sexist. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, that was it. Oh. Okay. That was number one. Ended with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> Making me look like right. some <laughs> sexist. Yeah. Uh, Guess I'll run for president. I know. Well, Elton, Brando Sando, come in here. The time traveling book is spinning back. <laughs> We're going to the 1960s. Make sure you send us to the right 60s this time, Phillips. Oh, no. Ah! <laughs> the last time we ended up in just the 60s. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes, we've arrived. Wait, how do we know? How do we know we're here? Because we're being welcomed. That's right. Oh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> no. Wow, look at that. Yeah, I think that's six seconds. We yeah. Have a... Sorry. Well, I, I meant books... to play more. I didn't know there was going to be dialogue. That's okay. I thought it was just going to be like, welcome to the 60s. With the help of the time-traveling book, all the books through the ages have yeah. landed in the 1960s. Yeah. So, to but begin... But guess what? We're rapidly going through the 60s. We sure are. Uh, starting with history.com, here's a little, a little blurb on the 1960s. At the beginning of the 1960s, many Americans believed they were standing at the dawn of a golden age. Cool. On January 20th, 1961, the handsome and charismatic John F. Kennedy became president of the United States. His confidence that, as one historian put it, the government possessed big answers to big problems seemed to set the tone for the rest of the decade. However, that golden age never materialized. On the contrary, by the end of the 1960s, it seemed that the nation was falling apart. Mm-hmm. Whirlwind. Yeah. A lot of good in the 60s, a lot of bad in the 60s, a lot of high-profile assassinations. Yeah, a lot of madmen. Three in a decade. I mean, that's crazy. JFK, yeah. Martin Luther King, RFK. Yeah. That's a lot. I mean, that really... Think about how much that must have changed things to have that people that prominent in positions to do things yeah. suddenly gone. Yeah. Crazy. It's crazy yeah. to think about. Well, what we're going to do is talk a little bit about what was popular kind in the happened 60s. to us this year. We lost Prince David Bowie and Alan Rickman all in one go. Totally different. Really? Totally different. Really? Yes. Well, how are we going to get Labyrinth 2, <laughs> the sequel to Purple Rain, and Galaxy Quest 2? Yeah, I know. By Graftar's Hammer. Um, let's talk prices. No. Just to set the tone okay. a little all bit. all right. All right. So in 1960, a new house cost $12,700. Nice. Can't afford it. Average income per year was 5315 Whew. By the end of the decade, it was up to 8540 Hey, I think yeah. you and I are doing pretty good. In 1960, <laughs> a gallon of gas was $0.25. Cents. Ooh. Uh, in 1960, the average cost of a new car was $2,600. Hmm. Ox- Oxford men's shoes, $12.95. Hmm. Uh, let's see what we got. Oh, oven-ready turkeys, $0.39 cents per pound. Ooh. Minimum wage, $1.25. Yeah. Gallon of milk, same. $0.95. Cents. <laughs> <laughs> Ticket to the movies, $1. I oh, don't see wow. the price of mayonnaise in, in here. You kidding me? A so. dollar to the movies. That'd be great. Pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Man, I would have bought oh, so many tickets. Here we go. Craft Miracle Whip, 51 cents a jar. Okay. Not bad. Ugh, Miracle, Miracle Whip, Whip was king in the 1960s, Eric. Gross. <laughs> Mayonnaise was a thing of the past. Yeah. No wonder those 70s. I know. <laughs> oh, and watermelon, two and a half cents per pound. So. See, here's the problem I have with watermelon. Yeah. I don't know what is the good rate for watermelon in the I first place. I would believe that that's how much watermelon costs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's talk a little bit about some of uh, the top books of the 1960s. Yeah. All right. So, here's what we have from 
whizpast.com. Whizpast. Look, look at, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they did a post uh, recently, and by recently I mean in 2013, about books that <laughs> came out in the 60s that have now, like we love them more now. Yeah. So here's what they say. To Kill a Mockingbird by mm. Harper Lee, published in 1960. A Wrinkle in Time by Madison Langell, yeah. 1962. I've never read this. Have you read it? Yes. Is it good? It's fine. Should I read it? I'm, maybe I would have liked it as a kid. Okay. It was one of those nonsense books for me. All right. Catch-22 by mm-hmm. Joseph Heller, 1961. You read that? No. All right. I'll I want stop. to. I'll stop asking you. In Cold Blood by Truman Capote. Ugh, scary. Is it? <laughs> Isn't the it? only thing I read by Truman Capote was uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, and I really hated it, so. Wait, is that real? Yeah. Whoa. What? Just, what an eclectic writer. <laughs> okay. Well, he wrote yeah, true. He no. wrote in true blood. Yeah. Yeah. I said in true blood. You did. <laughs> true blood's the show. In yeah. cold blood and breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. They're just different types of. They are. They're different. Uh, Master and the Margarita by Mikhail Bulgakov, nineteen sixty-seven. I don't know that either. Ooh, uh, it's his best-known novel, a satirical fantasy starring the devil. Huh. Interesting. The Very Hungry Caterpillar by Eric Carle, mm. nineteen sixty-nine. Great stuff. Can I tell you something? Yeah. Not a big fan. Well, you're a monster. I know. I've never really, I don't know. I, I've read a bunch of Eric Carl to my son. He likes it. I don't like Hunter it. Hunter Caterpillar is gold. It. Brown Bear, Brown Bear, what do you see? What's your Hate problem? It. I can't You're a monster. Uh, can I tell you something? So personal. Uh, can we talk about this? I just finished yes. season two of The Flash. Oh, okay. And there was a scene, there was an episode where he was trapped in the Speed Force. Yes. And they took a, they, they were showing, the Speed Force was presenting itself as people he loved. Okay. Including his mother. Yes. And they are reading a book he used to read as a child called The Runaway Dinosaur. And it's about a dinosaur who wants to be a different type of dinosaur because mm-hmm. it's a myosaur. So it wants to be like a T-Rex or an apatiosaur and everything. Okay. And the mom's just like, if you have a long neck, how can you hear me when I say I love you? If you have a T-Rex's tiny arms, how can you hug me? Yeah. And it's like that show knew what type of kid's book was going to make me cry in that scene. I was like, oh, God, that's true. And myosaur means good mother lizard. <laughs> it was just too much. It got you. Yeah. It It's like they're you. like, hey, Eric Mickles hasn't cried at this show in a while. Yeah. Let's, let's bring in a children's book about dinosaurs needing to <laughs> accept do you, themselves. Do you cry at the flash? Sometimes. Okay. I have a heart. I, well, no, I'm not judging. <laughs> just curious. Go ahead. All right. Um, let's see. Here are some of the bestsellers of the 1960s. Okay. Well, sorry. This is 1960. All right. So we'll see if any of these... <laughs> I said okay! Alan Drury's Advising Consent. James Mishner's Hawaii. Giuseppe di Lampedusa, The Leopard. Irving Wallace, The Champion Report. John O'Hara, Ourselves to Know. These are not standing wow. out. Wow. I remember these. Readers of the 60s had the bad taste. Sermons in Soda Water by John O'Hara. That's a fun one. Fun title, anyway. Yeah. I haven't read the book. Uh, let's talk about Kids Lip for a minute. What you got in the All right, you want to know what won Newbery Awards? Yes, I in do. In the 60s? Yes, I do. All right, we got Onion John okay. by Joseph Crumgold, which neither one of us had heard about yeah, when I mentioned it. We've talked about but Onion John before. We have. It's like a, it's a bigger one. Yeah. But the 60s is where I start recognizing kids' books. Oh, okay. Um, when, especially the winners. Mm-hmm. 61, Island of the Blue Dolphins. Okay. Uh, 62, Elizabeth George Spear wrote The Bronze Bow. I'm not familiar with that one. Okay. But in 1963, Wrinkle in Time won by Madeline L'Engle. Yeah, there you go. Uh, 1963, Spider-Man. Ooh. Uh, let's see. Em- that, that wasn't there. Uh, Emily <laughs> Cheney Neville. I believed you. It's like this cat. Uh, ah. I don't know that one, do you? Yes, I do. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, mostly because the title's so funny, I had to 1965, there were only two nominees, okay. and the winner was Shadow of a Bull. Mm-hmm. By a name I won't even pretend to be it. Maya Wachuk. 
W O J C I E C H O W S K A. Is her name? That is crazy. Uh, 1966. Uh, I won the. Okay. Oh my gosh! What's happening in the 60s? I can't read any of this. That's alright. Uh, number 67, Irene Hunt wrote Up a Road Slowly. I guess I don't recognize any of these. Yeah. 1968. Oh, I know this one. Okay. Uh, E.L. Coningsberg from the Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Basil E. Fink. No. What? No. Know what? I don't know, I don't know this one. No. You're out of control. Thought I did. Uh, I'm not. 1969, The High King by Lloyd Alexander. Okay. Do you know that one? No. I didn't know any of these. Hmm. <laughs> That's funny, you know. I, I Black ass- Cauldron came out in the '60s. That I was a Disney movie. That I would know these things. Yeah, you know that like some of these would endure. Well, I guess you know Madeline Angle and yeah. Hungry Caterpillar and stuff. I mean, those, did you those ever see the Black Cauldron? No, the Disney animated film. No, I never have. It's pretty good. I actually kind of enjoyed it. Really. Anyways, that's it for Newberry Award winners. Okay. Another year, I don't recognize any of the winners. Yeah. Well, the 60s, uh, for me, I feel like if I was going to hang out in a decade, as much as I love the 50s, it would probably be the 60s. You got the monkeys. Yeah. The Beatles, uh-huh. Star Trek. Yeah, I mean everything. Just well, like when, when does Star Trek air? JFK, sixties. Well, like end of the sixties, right? No, mid sixties. Okay, because it just had its fiftieth year. So oh, that's right. You know. Oh, so, so wait, a lot of good stuff. Its fiftieth year was this year. Yeah. So same with the monkeys. Sixty six. Yeah. You got to get through so. six years of the sixties before you get to that's Star true. Trek, man. Yeah, a long, You're gonna be spending six road. years just like, where is it? <laughs> I know. I'm like James T. Kirk. Has anyone seen James T. Kirk? And then as soon as it hits, you're like, oh right, the original series isn't that good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Can we get to the eighties? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. All right. I do love sixties music. I I think okay. again, I would say that I love the fifties yeah. and I miss fifties music because you can hardly find it now. Mm-hmm. But sixties, I mean, that's probably where like the bulk of my favorites. Are you going to go to Woodstock? 60s. No. Really? No. You're going to live in the 60s and just be like, no thanks. I don't know. All the mud and drugs doesn't really seem like You don't have to take the drugs. I think you do. You I don't think, have I think to. it's just in the air. I think it's in the mud. You All touch right. anything. You're yeah. nice as a kite. So, but I, I do love 60s music. Okay. Do you like much? You don't really like much 60s, do you? No, 60s music is fine. It's fun. Okay. I like 60s. I, I don't like, like 50s music. 60s, like moving into 70s. Sure. More trippy 60s. Uh, I think yeah. That probably would be. Mountain high enough. I like that one. All right. Well, uh, let's look at the Pulitzer Prize for fiction. Let's see what we've got. Must we? We must. Yes. See if you know any of these. Advising Consent by Wait, Alan Drury. Hold on. One in 1960. Do you see that man here in the 60s? What? He's so young. What? Who is it? I think, I think that's a young version of Roger. <gasps> I think we found Roger's oh younger self. Gosh. He looks so spry and he happy. Looks, he's so nice. Yeah. I wonder. He's a you know waiter. what? Yeah. We should go teach him a lesson. Yeah. Let's go Come beat him hey, up. Roger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to be so nice. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Wait. What if Hold by, on. What if by interfering in the past, we've made Roger the surly malcontent he is today? Oh, my gosh. What have what we have done? We done? <sighs> oh, well, well, nothing we can do about it now. <laughs> Moving on. I feel, I feel good about ourselves, though. I do, yeah. Just beat the crap out of Roger. I know. Take that. Uh, young spry Roger. I mean, yeah. He's an old man. We can't yeah. you know, be ridiculous. 1961, To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. Have you heard of that? Does that sound To Kill familiar? a Mockingbird? Have you heard, ever heard of that? Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, so it's a mock. Yeah. Yeah. Ing. Yeah. yeah. That's a, it's a little known prequel to Go Set a Watchman. Uh, sure. I think if you. Yeah. Um, You're bringing her to the library, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In 1962. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Edge of Sadness in 1962 Ugh. by Edwin O'Connor. You know what I wouldn't want to be the a Rivers librarian? By William Faulkner in 1963. Any year that is before 2000. Wow. Do you, okay. How do you feel about that? Why, why do you say that? I feel like if you were a librarian in the 60s, it's just not fun. 
Really? You, can you imagine a library being fun in the 60s? Yeah. The, sh- the shushing. Happened. That was a oh, big the thing shushing. then. Sure. Everything yeah. was super quiet. Yeah, I wouldn't enjoy the shushing. No, no. fun, no programs. No. Ugh. You're right. That that doesn't sound great to me. All right. Oh, here you go. 1964. You ready for a burn? Yeah, Pulitzer Prize. No award given. Oh, snap. Pulitzer Prize. Pulitzer Prize was like, you know what? No, I don't think so. All right. Who, uh, who, who is up? I don't know. Okay. You can look that up. Uh, 1965, The Keepers of the House by Shirley Ann Grau. 1966, Collected Stories of Catherine Ann Porter. 1967, The Fixer by Bernard Malmud. 1968, Confessions of Nat Turner by William Stryron. 1969, House Made of Dawn by N. Scott Momaday. You know, it's funny. Uh, the most enduring books are not on this list. Yeah. And that's sort of true today. I mean, we've people talked can't, about these. Yeah, people can't judge it. Right. These literary awards often are not. Mm-hmm. It's not aimed toward like what people yeah. like the most. You know, it's a, there's a lot of different things that go into that. Yeah. And, and sometimes a popular choice, like To Kill a Mockingbird, um, too controversial. They come together yeah. and, and, and it works out, but often yeah. they don't. So, All right. Is that well, the Pulsar list? Yeah, yeah, for the 60s. Yeah. Let's go through the uh, Hugo winners of Ooh, the 60s. Boy. This is okay. the sci-fi award. I'm ready. I'd argue that the Hugos did a pretty good job uh, mm. in finding books that have stood the test of time. Well, I think we've established that the Hugo Awards are a little bit more in touch with like right. what fans of that genre like. Yeah, but there's so 1960. The winner was Robert A. Heinlein's Starship Troopers. Ah. So yes, that is stood. That. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walter M. Miller Jr. in 1961 for A Canticle of Leibowitz. This is an amazing book. I love it. And Robert A. Heinlein won again in 1962 for Stranger in a Strange Land. Philip K. Dick in 1963, The Man in the High Castle. This is an Amazon TV show right now, oh, Man in the High Castle. Interesting. Clifford D. Semick, uh, Here We Gather the Stars, also known as Way Station. I read that. That's a very good book. The Wanderer by Fritz uh, Lieber. It's fine. Uh, 1966, Frank Herbert's Dune. Mm, boy. Oh, wait. No, I didn't read that one. I read uh, Roger Zelensky's Call Me Conrad, which I guess they tied. Oh, okay. Uh, as, so, yes, Dune won in 1966. That one has kept going, though. Yeah. Uh, the Moon is a Harsh Mistress in 1967 by Robert A. Heinlein. The 60s were his, his decade. I guess so. Uh, 1968, Roger Zelensky's Lord of Light. Uh, did I already say Stranger in a Strange Land? Yeah. That one has hung on, too. Um, oh, no, you didn't say. You said the other one, Starship Troopers. Uh, no, I did. 1962. Okay. And then where was I? Uh, Lord of Light by Rogers Lindsay. I love that book. Mm. Uh, Stand on Zanzibar by John Burner in 1969. So I'd say a whole lot of those have yeah. stood the test of time. You've and been going through and digging into some of these older. Yes, I've read classics. a. Uh, I've read a lot of the ones from the 60s. There are only a few ones that I haven't nice. of these winners. Oh, you better start chipping away. Yeah. So, well, I, th- I the Hugo Awards are fan based though i'm sure right, it was right. a smaller crowd you know that was going to the convention to vote yeah so the polls what do people do you think people read through all the Pulitzer prize winners the committee certainly does no but i mean like public. somebody's like i'm gonna read every book that has ever won the Pulitzer prize probably yeah my wife's read a bunch she started that okay a little journey there you go um <clears throat> well my favorite author as i'm just saying listeners. i feel like people would read those books on the Hugo Awards without doing it because they're reading through the Hugo Awards. Oh, today. like they're just still like somebody's just gonna might pick up Starship Troopers. Like I did, yeah. I just picked up Starship Troopers mm-hmm. and uh, Stranger in a Strange Land without knowing it was on the Hugo Award. Yeah, and I don't know if those Pulitzer Prize winners have the same claim. Mm-hmm. Somebody's like, "Oh, I'll pick the what? I'm reading through the Pulitzer Prize now. Yeah, what a what a happy surprise! <laughs> this made my Monday. I've been currently watching <laughs> through the uh, series eleven twenty two sixty three 
based on the book by sure. Stephen King, which was based on the style of Jack Finney. Who's okay. one of my favorites. So really enjoying it, and they, they're doing a good job, I think, of capturing the 60s. Uh, Jack Finney was also very active in the 60s. Including... Stephen King really liked Jack Finney then. He did. Uh, Sam's Lot is also Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. That's I interesting. Know. I know. Um, but Jack Finney in the 1960s published some one of my very favorites, which is Good Neighbor Sam. A real departure for him. It's just a it's a comedy. It's like a straight okay. up comedy farce made into a movie with Jack Lemmon. The movie's not so great, but the book is. Okay. So Jack Finney in the 60s wrote Good Neighbor Sam, Woodrow Wilson Dime, which is like an alternate uh, <clears throat> reality story where he finds a dime with Woodrow Wilson on it instead of Eisenhower, and it lets him go into an alternate version of his life where he stayed with his high school sweetheart. Hmm. And he, like, bounced back and forth between the lives and sort of ruins both of them. So oh, it's no! It's a neat story. We have that here in the collection. Okay. Uh, he also wrote I Love Galesburg in the Springtime, which is the only Jack Finney book that I haven't read, but I'm about to because it was a wedding gift. My jaw just dropped. Did it? Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm digging in. Uh, and he also wrote uh, his play, This Winter's Hobby, which was, I don't think it was ever produced. I've read it. It's not great. I like it because I like his writing, but it isn't great. Okay. But uh, while we're on plays, let's take a look over at our friends at the Tony Awards. <laughs> okay. What the, I don't uh, think we did this during the 50s. We did. We talked about musicals in the 50s. Okay. The top uh, Tony winning musicals. We're going to talk Tony winning plays this okay. time around. Mm. So in 1960, The Miracle Worker by mm-hmm. William Gibson. Oh. Water, Helen, water. <laughs> Is that not, that's a South Park joke. Never mind, sorry. So, yeah. uh, a Raisin in the Sun by Lorraine Hansberry was in the running, but Miracle Worker took it. Beckett by Gina Newell won in 1961. Oh, you know what I want to watch now? What? Becker. Oh. With Ted yeah, Danson. Ted Did you ever watch that show? Yeah. That was, that was funny. I like Becker. 1962 saw A Man for All Seasons by Robert Bolt take it, mm-hmm. uh, up against Night of the Iguana by Tennessee Williams, and <laughs> The Caretaker by Harold Pinter, both big names. Okay. Didn't win. Uh, in 1963, the very recently passed Albert, Edward Albee won for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Uh, deservedly so, I would say. Uh, 1964, yeah. Luther by John Osborne won. Is this the Idris Elba no, BBC show? different, oh. different. Up Against Barefoot in the Park by Neil Simon <gasps> and The Ballad of the Sad Cafe also by Edward Albee. <laughs> All right. Pretty impressive. Uh, Edward Elby is represented on this list quite a lot. He won for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, but was also nominated as 1964 and 1965. Uh, And? Yes. I thought there was more. There is more, actually. (gasps) Whoa! And 1967. Somebody come and scrape my jaw off the floor. (laughs) It hit it too fast and hard. 1965, Frank Gilroy won. The subject was Roses, is the title. (laughs) That was up against The Odd Couple. By Neil Simon. Oh, and don't the Tonys feel dumb? Tiny Alice by Ed Nobody Ellie. knows that subject of roses now. Sure Everybody don't. loves the odd couple. Sure don't. Tony. 1966, Tony. Merritt slash Sade won by Peter Wise. Mm-hmm. 1967, Harold Pinter won for The Homecoming up against Edward Albee for A Delicate Balance. Mm. 1968, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead by Tom Stoppard. Uh, which was up against Plaza Suite by Neil Simon and The Price by Arthur Miller. So okay. he went on quite a bit. Uh, 1969, The Great White Hope by Howard Sackler. So that is the Tonys in 1969. All right. Quite a few of those, at least in the nominees, seems like more nominees from that list are ones that we still yeah. like look at today. Yeah. But it's a decent representation of what was going on. Sure. So do you have a favorite book from the 60s? Would it be one of your sci-fis? <sighs> Out of those 60s ones yeah. that I read, there yeah. are a lot of good ones. I love mm-hmm. Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. That one's probably my favorite out of those, Yeah, I think. But I, uh, Dune is actually on a list of books that I want to reread. Oh, okay. Did you read um, 
Oh, I just lost it. What I, I haven't read To Kill a Mockingbird or To Kill a Mockingbird one. was good. Yeah. So I think I'm one of the few who kind of liked Ghost of Watchmen better. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> that's just me. All right. I've always wanted to read John Updike's Rabbit series, Rabbit Run, yeah. and all that. Yeah. Did you read um, Did you read uh, Blade Runner, whatever it's called? Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? I have read that. Did that come out then? Yeah. In the 60s? Yeah. I did. I, this is an unpopular opinion, I find Blade Runner to be boring. I do too. Uh, But Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep, Mm -hmm. I thought was great. Hmm. It was amazing. I love that book. Well. I read it after I watched the movie. Yeah, boy, that movie, I really expected the movie to be good. Yeah. And no. Man, we're going to get a lot of hate mail. Didn't like it at all. Or just Harrison Ford's going to call us up and be like, who do you think? (laughs) The, the still, sequel, Indiana Jones Five. I can't believe sequel it's is filming too for Blade Runner. I can't believe that's happening. Uh, Harrison Ford, yeah. Ryan Gosling, and Jared Leto. Wow! But I'm pretty sure they're going to cut about 20 minutes of Jared Leto's screen Probably, time. Probably, yeah. Take it all out. He's going to start deliver. I don't think Harrison Ford would put up with that crap. Yeah. He uh, he does any of that like Joker gifting? Like I gave Harrison Ford a dead rat. Yep. Like Harrison Ford would kill he Jared would. Leto. He'd break him right now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he, he sure would. He sure would. All right, you want to go over the Oscars, the yeah. Academy Awards yes, for do. best movies? Yes, take and us then, out with the Oscars. All right, the 60s. So in 1960, The Apartment won. Oh, best. Jack Have yeah. you seen this one? No, I, re- I cannot I like- believe you haven't seen the apartment. I know. I it's like the so musical. Promise oh, it's promise. a musical. Well, no, Promises, Promises is based on the apartment. Oh, well, the apartment is great. Uh, I think the only movie of note that I know that it beat is The Alamo. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that one. Right. 1961, uh, West Side Story won. And Fanny sounds familiar. Do you know that movie, Fanny? Mm-hmm. What about The Hustler? Yeah. All right, well, beat Paul that. Newman. Uh, 1962, Lawrence of Arabia won. Mm. It beat out The Longest Day. Okay. Ooh, look at this. It beat out The Longest Day, The Music Man, Mutiny of the Bounty, and To Kill a Mockingbird. Wow. Those are some... Pretty strong year. Yeah, those are some pretty heavy hitters to beat. Uh, 1963, Tom Jones won. That's a pretty funny movie. It's not unusual no. No. to be loved by... Oh, uh, it beat oh out... wait, no, wait. What's new, pussycat? Nope. Oh. Uh, it beat out Cleopatra. But I think... Why, why, why? <laughs> yeah. 1964, My Fair Lady beat out Mary Poppins. Can, can, I, can I just real quickly sing a little bit of Thunderball? Do we have time? No. We don't? Okay. No. All right. Now, uh, so anyways, My Fair Lady beat out Mary Poppins and Dr. Strangelove. Wait, My Fair Lady beat Mary Poppins? Yeah. Are you sure? Night, my Fair Lady won the Academy oh. Award. Okay. So those are probably equally beloved, I would say. Mm. So I don't think either one... Really yeah, together. that's kind of a that's that's a fun that's like a turf war story because yeah. Julie Andrews was the original in My Fair Lady, and then when they came to do the movie, they kept Rex Harrison and they tossed Julie Andrews aside for Audrey Hepburn, who can't sing. Yeah, but then she got to do. Well, neither uh, can Rex Harrison. That's true. I miss her face. I know. But I miss then, the sound of her voice. That's way too melodic for Rex <laughs> Harrison. True. That's too much. But I feel like Mary Poppins is more enduring than the My Fair Lady movie. So I feel like Julie Andrews I, got the last. I lap. bought. My Fair Lady on Blu-ray for yeah. uh, my wife for Christmas, and mm-hmm. we watched it uh, pretty close to after I gave it to her, and it's still pretty good. Yeah. But the ending just kind of, like, it just ends. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I am staying anyways, Rex Harrison. He's like, well, fetch my slippers. <laughs> we haven't learned anything, have we? That's Dr. Doolittle, I think. Oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah, gotta be careful. If I could walk with the animals. <laughs> that's the Eddie Murphy version. Oh, that's true. Uh, 1965, The Sound of Music. Julie Makes Andrews. Sense. Yeah. She's at it again. Uh, beat out Dr. Zivago. Mm-hmm. That's, that is a good movie. Dr. Zivago? music is a very oh. good movie. It's also, I haven't watched that in forever, but I did yeah. watch it a lot when I 
My mom used yeah. to love like those older musicals, so I watched yeah. quite a bit of those. I think it's a pretty strong entry. Okay. 1966, A Man for All Seasons oh. beat Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, the movie. Interesting, because it was the opposite with this place. Yeah. 1967, this is a movie I haven't seen, I would like to see, In the Heat of the Night. Oh. With, uh, I can't remember the actor. Uh, Sidney uh, Poitier? Yes. Yeah. I want to see that movie. Um, it beat out another Sidney Poitier film, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Mm. With and, Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac. Wow, this was also, no, that's Guess Who. Oh, okay. Uh, this was also a strong year. In the Heat of the Night beat out Bonnie and Clyde, mm-hmm. which is a great movie. Yeah. Dr. Gene, Doolittle. Gene Wilder's debut. That's true. Dr. Doolittle, which, whatever. Uh, the Graduate. Mm-hmm. And guess who's coming to dinner? So, do you want to sing some Simon and Garfunkel? Sure. Okay. Wh- which one and are you going to go? I was going to go. Uh, not a song from a graduate. You're no, I was going to sing "Hello, Darkness, My Old Friend." Oh, okay. But 1968, Oliver! Exclamation mark. Oh. You know, Funny Girl. More. 1969 that, that was, was Midnight Cowboy. It's a pretty okay. good movie. Uh, beat out Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh, I love Butch Cassidy. And Hello Dolly. Mm-hmm. I like that too. So that's the uh, that's the 60s. Man. Good decade. For films? Yeah, all around. Oh, yeah. So you'd be happy in the 60s. Probably. You'd be yeah, like, hey, guys, you want to come over? We can watch Star Trek right before we go see In the Heat of the Night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People would be like, Star Trek's a fad. It's never going to last. <laughs> and I'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it might last. At that, at that time, you yeah. could go get, a whole, like, they're going to be easy to get signatures from Yeah, then. i just knock on Bill Shatner's door and be yeah. like, can you sign my Blu-ray copy of this? <laughs> He'd be like, what's that? You want me to sign? <laughs> I'll Gene, do it. Get Gene Roddenberry to yeah. sign a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Maybe you could change some bad decisions, like change the early seasons of Next Generation. Yeah. Like, listen characters disagreeing with each other makes for good drama. Yes. It's like, oh, interesting. <laughs> be like, hey, take the original series, but make it less dull. <laughs> It'll be like, it's revolutionary. 30 Ooh. minutes. Tell yeah. them that. Tell them to yeah, make the original minutes. Star Trek minutes series 30 Ooh. minutes episodes. Seriously. Oh, like, like Lassie. Like 58 minute episodes. That was long. Lassie killed. <laughs> well, shall we travel back to the future? Yeah. All right, uh, hold wait, on. Wait, where's Brando Sando? Did Roger take it? Oh, no! <laughs> We're trapped in the 60s! Darn it! We'll just have to go the long way around. I guess we will. All so, right. See you, everybody. Yep. <laughs> we'll be back in... And yeah. we're back. <laughs> Boy. What would we do if we were hiding out in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s? Do you think we'd stay friends or we'd just go our own way? We'd have to stay friends. Who else would we talk about stuff with? I don't know. I'd be like, boy, remember that McCartney solo album? They'd be like, McCartney? <laughs> He's never going to be on a solo. Yeah. He needs Ringo. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Ringo makes him. Yeah, it's true. It's I true. guess so. I guess we would have to hang out. I like to, I mean. I don't understand why you're trying to get rid of me, for one. <laughs> it just seems I like it would be our chance to like make a new life. Sure. And how can we? If that's what you want. Okay, hold fine. on. What if you took the East Coast yeah. and I took the West Coast? Yeah. And then we like. Flew and just said hi well, to we each other. We could always like then. just text each other and stuff. No, we couldn't. In the sixties. No, oh. Yeah. Well, we'll just bring our cell phones. No, in the sixties again. <laughs> we'll bring a tower as well. I'm not stupid. <laughs> uh. All right. No, we can still be friends. Okay. Where do you want to live in the sixties? Like Where it. would you live in the sixties? If you had your choice of everything that's happening, would you like go to New York City? Uh, would you go to California? No, I don't think I'd want to. Seattle, South. Would you go to like? Not, not Florida. Florida. No. That would be bad. So not Texas. No. No, no way. So I, I feel like really your choices are New I'd York. i East Coast, I think. You say yeah. East Coast? Yeah. Would you just like hang out in maybe like Massachusetts or Connecticut? Sure. Or would you like yeah. go to the big city? Not a big city. No. no. All right. Maybe a moderate city. 
Okay. Yeah. Boston in the 60s? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> okay. All right. You know your way around. Oh, today? <sighs> I couldn't get us anywhere in the 60s. Well, you're selling yourself short. All I right. Think, yeah. I think you're selling Where's the subway? <laughs> All right, let's talk live. When did the subway get invented? Hey, first of all, folks, the How Happenings is out and ready. You can find it on our website, davidahowlibrary.org, or we have print copies available at any of the desks or in the auditorium, so you can pick those up. Yeah. That has all sorts of information about what's coming up. We got a lot of stuff for Halloween. Are we talking about library news now? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sitting here thinking about, like, was the subway invented in the 60s? Yeah, how you'd get us around in Boston. (laughs) I'm going to talk Halloween first. We're going to be talking Halloween for the next two weeks. We're going to be talking Halloween movies, talk mm-hmm. Halloween reads, mm-hmm. uh, but here's mm-hmm. what we have planned. Quite, quite a, a bit of uh, Halloween action going okay. on here. Uh, a children's costume party, October 29th, Saturday from 10 to 11.30, followed by a showing of Scooby-Doo and the Goblin King in the Nancy yeah. Howe Auditorium. Cool. We're also The Scooby-Doo showing... movies, the animated movies, yeah. they, they know what they're doing. We, yeah. we get those in our collection, and people just go crazy for yeah. them. Don't break they... the formula, I know. And it's the team-up ones that go crazy, too. Yeah. We just got... What is it? Scooby Doo, meets er, and the WWE. Yeah. Uh, Curse of the Battle Wagon. Yeah. And it's got like uh, who the Undertaker yeah. and all these other characters. Just Triple H. Yeah. Is, I think is one of them. Just yeah. hanging out with Scooby Doo and the gang. Well, Scooby Doo sort of pioneered that formula with all the Scooby Doo. That's true. Always having somebody yeah. else. Everybody. I mean, yeah. How many times are going to hang out with the Harlem Globetrotters? That's true. And but but they did it. It's still going, and they're working. Yeah. So this is a this one came out in two thousand eight. So a little mm-hmm. bit older, Scooby-Doo and the Goblin King. We're also showing Spooky Buddies, <laughs> late, like the Air Bud series. I would series. say the pinnacle of the Buddy yeah, movies. Yeah, that's where it really hit its prime. I mean, that's, I thought, uh, I didn't think they could top Space Buddies. No, but they did. So but then no. Spooky Buddies. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're doing that October 15th at yeah. 10.30. Yeah. The book club is currently reading, as we mentioned, Dean Koontz's Frankenstein Prodigal. We meet uh-huh. for that just after Halloween, so that'll be November 2nd. Yeah. So you can pick up your copy now, read it all through the month of October. And we'll oh, no. I won't. November 2nd. Huh. What? Nothing. You're not going to be here on November 2nd? No, I will. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's, here's the thing that I'm most excited about. We're doing okay. a classic monster movie marathon. You are most excited about the this. The last week of... You are the um, excited to the most. I know. <clears throat> we have, on October 25th, we're showing a special matinee screening of The Invisible Man. Okay. And then for the next three nights, October This is 22nd, the original Invisible Man, not the Chevy Chase film. Right. October 22nd, 20. 26, 27, 28, we're showing The Wolfman, uh-huh. then The Mummy, yep. then on Friday the 28th, we're showing a double feature of Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, back-to-back. Yeah. Back. They're yeah. short movies. So again, this is the original Wolfman, not yeah. the Anthony Hopkins, Benicio Del Toro Wolfman, no. and uh, not non, the Brendan Fraser no Brendan Mummy. Fraser. No Brendan Frasers were harmed in the yeah. filming of that movie. No The Rocks made a weird no. career choice. Do you think no, Scorpion King helped The Rocks' career? I mean, it made me like him, so <laughs> I guess that's something. You didn't like The Rock before Scorpion King? Scorpion King was his first thing. No. Well, the mummy. I mummy guess, Returns was, was thing, when yeah. he was that Play-Doh scorpion yeah, monster. Yeah, weird Play-Doh scorpion. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, uh, the biggest event that we have is Alexander McCall Smith coming October 20th. Yeah. You can still get tickets to the reception. I would encourage you to get tickets is to the reception. Is that a Halloween event? No, it's not. Is he coming in costume as no, like a ghost? Well, he might come in a kilt, but I don't think that's a costume, and I don't okay. think you should call it a costume to his face. <laughs> So this is October 20th. You don't need to get a ticket just to come to the talk. If you want to meet him and get your book signed and hear mm-hmm. the music and get food afterwards, mm-hmm. then buy a ticket. And that will also get you a reserved seat in the auditorium. Mm-hmm. So that is October 20th. Yeah. Tell your friends. Yeah. Hey, what you got coming up, buddy? Uh, we should mention that as friends, we've also been watching Halloween. Did we talk about the first pick we did? We watched The Frighteners. We talked about that one. Yeah, we did we talk about the, the second pick? We Disturbia. watched Disturbia yeah. starring Shia LaBeouf yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah. Did you like that? Not really. 
It was. I didn't hate it. I mean, it was fine. It was I didn't fine. hate it. It was definitely of its time. Yeah. Which I guess was two thousand. It was two thousand seven because it came out before, right yeah. before Transformers. Real low stakes. Yeah. Teenagers spotting trouble. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Fun. Right it before. Right before Shia LaBeouf went nuts. Yeah. Before you. Went so. Crazy. Yeah. And then uh, last night or two nights ago, we watched Invasion, yeah. which was your pick. Yes, Daniel which Craig, is Nicole Kidman. The latest version. Yeah. Of uh, Invasion of the Body yeah, Snatchers. So the there's. Body Snatchers. Invasion of the Body Snatchers from the 50s. Yes. Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake in the 70s. Yeah, Donald Sutherland. And yeah. then the Body Snatchers from the 90s. Yeah. So and then just Invasion. Really yep. So they're just shortening the title. Yeah, they are. Soon it's just going to be the. Yeah. And you're going to be like, it. oh, you don't spooky. Even know what it is. Nicole Kidman and a weirdly uh, hairdressed yeah, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig had with, a, kind of a John Denver. Like a floppy John hair. Ritter yeah, vibe it's strange. Going on. It was crazy. So. Did you like the movie? It was better than I thought it was going to be. I remember hearing not so great things about it, but it had some el- creepy I elements. It. I think it just kept going. I thought yeah. it was good. So it was pretty good. Like there that. are some funny like moments, just like you just want to be like, "Well, just do this." Yeah. It's funny because Daniel Craig at one point says, uh, "You can easily stay awake for a week." Yeah. I'm like, really? Yeah, I can't easily stay awake for 24 hours anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Gets to nine o'clock, and I'm like, "How is it only nine? Yeah. <laughs> so I can't imagine how a single mom is feeling <laughs> working full time yeah, in the really. city. <laughs> Five o'clock rolls around, and she must be like, oh, I might just clock in early. I think she really appreciates you standing up for her. <laughs> okay. So, um, oh, any <laughs> programs I have. Yeah. Anime Club every Wednesday, 5.30. After school card games for Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic, and the like. Um, every Tuesday at 3. And then that's kind of what we got going on. Okay. That's it. We should also mention today is Columbus Day. So however yeah, you should. choose to celebrate... Yeah. And pretend that Columbus wasn't a monster. Yeah. Enjoy the yeah. day. I go into and Canadian yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. I so, go into somebody's house. Yeah. I take all their food into my backpack. <laughs> I say, all oh, this is mine. And then I kick them out of the house. Yeah. I'm like, this is also yeah. mine now. And, and, they're then, like, and then kill them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, take yeah. that. But our uh, Canadian friends north of the border, happy Thanksgiving from all the books. Is it Canadian Thanksgiving? It sure is. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Can- Canada. Canada. Yeah. What do they have to be thankful for? Uh, what are they thinking? Probably their I guess I healthcare the system. Of, yeah, could be. Probably the fact that they're not the American political system right now. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> they're probably like, they're probably woo, good thing that's not ours. Certainly they're enjoying that. So, well, yeah. thank you for taking this trip down memory also, lane with us. Did you 60s. know it's summer uh, in Canada right now? That's not true. No, yeah. Same season. Our, our summer is no. their winter and vice versa. I think you're thinking of Australia. No. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> what's the, what's the right. country with Mounties? Canada. Right. And they, they got the kangaroos. Not the, Mounties no, and kangaroos. Australia. Australia. <laughs> okay. You're mixing them. You're mixing them. Okay. Uh, if, you, if you need clarification, watch the Nicole Kidman, Hugh Jackman. Australia. Masterpiece. <laughs> Australia. <laughs> All right. The greatest work of Should I start that now and be done Friday? Yeah, you want to finish it before Halloween, so you're really going to want to <laughs> okay. really it's only It's only four hours, right? Yeah. Do you yeah, know I was hours. excited when that movie came out because I was like, oh, it's the guy who did Moulin Rouge yeah. with Nicole Kidman. Hugh yeah. Jackman can sing. Yeah. It must be a musical no. set in Australia. No. What a crazy thing not to do. No. Not make like a two-hour musical about settling in Australia. It's completely insane. <laughs> anyway, and with that weird misguided attack on the movie Australia. <laughs> was it misguided? <laughs> well, it certainly wasn't relevant. Well... Uh, the same. Congratulations on casting two actual Australians. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. All right. <laughs> Lars Bersman? Boslerman. Boslerman? Yeah. yeah. We wish you a happy episode 60. <laughs> so long. Yeah.